everyone. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to this Muslim Girl podcast. Today I have with me Hiba Haider, who is a resident of Southern California. Um, she's a wife and a mother of three beautiful girls, mashallah. She's one of my really good friends and I'm so excited to have her on. I actually, this is our second, um, this is our second episode together, but not our second recording. We've recorded previously, as I stated um, in the last episode, and it just got damaged. So um, we're doing this again. So a little bit about Hibesh. She has a bachelor's degree in management and human resources from Cal Poly Pomona, where she was actively involved in the Muslim Student Association and is currently working on another degree in Islamic studies from California Islamic University. Hiba worked as an executive team leader, um, as an office manager, and led a few Islamic halaqas and has spoken on panels aimed towards educating the public regarding different topics on Islam. I can tell you that from personal experience, I have sat in some of these panels and have had personal conversations with Hiba, and she is just full of so much wisdom, mashallah, and just like beautiful insight into you know, life and life as she's experienced it. Um, so her passion for the dean is what inspired her to be an author. Her aim is to nurture um, the youth's innate belief and love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at a young age and to encourage reflection by taking them on adventures to discover Allah and his attributes. I'm so excited to have her on. She is the author of Maimuna's Musings. She's currently just released the second book to the series and we're just going to talk a little bit about what's new about our experience with 2020 and about our future goals I think it's always so empowering when you can speak to other women who are driven and who have a brand that they're trying to explore and grow and yeah I'm really excited and I hope you guys enjoy this episode I see her okay admitting I see little Mimuna. Hey girl. Hi. Little nude. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh my god, it's like deja vu. <laughs> I know. I know. Get it together, nude. You know what? If if I can have anything go wrong, it happened in 2020. Like it's totally justifiable. So So what happened, dude? How did you lose everything? Okay, so the thing is, is when you upload information into like let's say GarageBand or any type of editing software. Yeah. It ha- it's, it's taking it from a specific place. So if it's placed in a specific folder, it's um, it, it could only read it from there. And so what I did is I thought I copied it into this like external hard drive that I have. Yeah. So I deleted it from my um, computer because my, my computer has been shutting down randomly because I think it's just like it doesn't have the space. Okay. So I was going through a cleaning to get, fix my computer because it was like messing up. And then I, when I went back to to look for the content, it kept saying that this um, the location of this file cannot be found. And so it was just like all red and it had like ex, uh, like exclamation point. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I know. And how many interviews had you done? Five. <gasps> so I did all of those and, and I'm having to re-record them all. But I'm like, you know what? Alhamdulillah, like. You know, like maybe this yeah. there's the reason for all that. And there was because you came out with your second book. So why, you know, oh, yeah. perfect time to talk about that. Actually, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about the book because I feel like there's some stuff going on. But before, you know, we get started on kind of the negative stuff, let's talk about the good stuff. Um, how are you? How's your family? How are you doing? Yeah, everybody's doing well. We're, um, you know, being super duper cautious. Um and we're just we're just fine honestly this made us realize how blessed we are compared to a lot of other people Mm -hmm. you know how you're encouraged to when it comes to the bad things that you feel compare yourself to other people who have it worse 
and then um, and not to compare yourself to anybody in terms of anything except your dean when you want to do better. And so like, you know, the stories you hear and last year, last year was like a few days ago, right? <laughs> um, the stories you hear about COVID, about 2020, about whatever, it makes you just so grateful for everything that's going on in your life. So were there difficulties? Of course, you know, and we still have our difficulties, but just deal with it as they, as they are thrown at you. Day did you do day. any, any type of like reflecting with the new year in terms of, of, or did you just leave everything behind that happened in 2020? No, I, I'm, so I feel like 2020, yes, it's been terrible, right? Um, for some more than others. And my only reflections are just, I'm a big believer in like, you need to name your blessings and you need to always, always um, focus on that in terms of, you know, just, just focus on all your blessings before you focus on anything else. And whatever happens is from Allah. So he sees the big picture. We don't. And so for me, I'm like, well, there has to be some sort of blessing in this entire year. And my blessing was that I had the, one of the best Ramadans I've ever had in my life. Same. Um, yeah, I could have been better, obviously, because, you know, you just want to get together with everybody and stuff. So that didn't happen. But um, it made you appreciate family even more, actually, like, especially extended family, the less you, the less we saw them, the more we appreciated how much they meant to us. And um, that goes for friends, too, you know, so you definitely miss people. um, And you appreciate their presence and when they were with you more. And you start to think, well, how, what am I going to do differently when COVID is done and I can go out and resume, you know, normal life and stuff. So alhamdulillah for everything. Alhamdulillah, yeah. Low key, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm expecting that Ramadan is going to be the same this year, but it, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm excited for it. as much as I'm obviously not excited for all of this to continue yeah. on. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to having my dad be at home for taraweeh because we prayed it as a family. And then also myself being at home and working from home. So we'll see. But it was funny when you, um, or not funny, but interesting when you were mentioning some of that stuff about how, because I know for me, when I was reflecting about 2020 and trying to like really focus on how much more blessed I am, um, because we can really focus on the negatives and just be like, oh, this year I had this and this and this taken away from me. But I was talking to my therapist and we were talking about the word Sonder. I don't know if. I, I feel like I bring it up so many times. So I don't even know who I've mentioned it to, but it's like this um, idea. I think we went to, was it? Sonder? We, yeah, there's a place in, in town that is called Sonder and it's a cute restaurant. The food's not that okay. great. But anyways, the the word, I never knew what it meant, but it's essentially, if you were to picture your life as a movie, you would imagine yourself as playing like the main character, right? And as you're walking down the street, everyone else is just in the background and they're, background characters to your movie you're the one with like the complex you know life and with the positives and the negatives and the and and all that stuff right and but not realizing that in in that same context you are also someone else's background character and they're living their very colorful dramatic like whatever type of life that they're Mm -hmm. living yeah and how we can sometimes when we're kind of reflecting about how that year went and like you said, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the bigger picture. We were all affected in in some ways by this one thing, but we weren't affected equally. But I think there was a purpose with that. And we were all tested differently. We were all meant to yeah. change and grow. 
um, in many different ways. And so for yeah. me, it's like, how was I tested and how was I able to hopefully come out of it? Yeah, better? absolutely. You know how you, so when you said we were, you know, affected by the same thing, but not in the same way, kind mm -hmm. of. And it's, um, I, I heard something one time recently, I think, um, saying we are not all in the same boat. Yeah. We are all facing the same storm. Mm -hmm. Some are in yachts, some are in, you know, exactly. uh, little di um, dinky boats, and some are on a ship and whatever. So we need to recognize that. And I think this year or last year, more than anything, that's what I've been able to recognize, you know, and um, with everything that happened that year, whether it's COVID, you know, whether it's um, the BLM movement, wh whatever, everything that happened, you had time to sit back and reflect and really think about things like you've never thought about them before because you have some sort of clarity, you know, less distractions, less things going on in your life. Mm -hmm. And so it gave you more time to really evaluate and analyze everything else and how you could be a better person whether it's through, you know, just raising awareness about something, helping someone somehow, I don't know, or just educating yourself and your family to have a better future for everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's, and, and I feel like a lot of it too, is not just reflecting about how it affects you in the moment, but there's this kind of like short-term um, things that I think about, is this affecting me short-term and then as well as long-term in terms of like five years, 10 years, because mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it was it was kind of quite an interesting year, but alhamdulillah, yeah. 2021 is I don't I don't know how much different it's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be that much different, no. honestly. I, I mean, we still have the same things going on, you know, the pandemic's not over and it won't be over for a while, and then I think we've just learned how to kind of live with this new norm and in that way it'll be different, you know, yeah. but other than that it's really just the same. I guess we're just better at working we've around adapted. it now. Yeah, we've yes. adapted. And I think it's going to take time for us to readapt to the old ways. Yeah. If and and I, I wish, I really hope I don't adapt my old ways, you know, some of my old ways. Mm -hmm. And I stay the way I am. And I, I think um, post COVID, I'll definitely be a different person. What, what do you think are some of those, the ways that you wouldn't want to go back? Um, I want to, I, I really love spending time with family. I really love um, just, you know, taking the time for myself to educate myself, whether it's Islamic education or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I love doing work from home and focusing on what I really, uh, I honestly started to change, um, you know, in terms of work and I have, you know, plans of expanding and that's where I don't want it to change. And I feel like all this time at home allowed me that opportunity to think outside the box and to think of, you know, there's so much potential in what I'm doing in Maimuna's musings and I'm gonna go for it, mm -hmm. you know? And um, just the appreciation of the simplicity of life sometimes. And that's what I, I wanna stay doing. I want to keep appreciating the simple things, the outdoors, the, you know, uh, reflection and what have you. So yeah, one of my favorite quotes I found last year was I, I want to find happiness in like the ordinary, mm -hmm. which I think is super important. And it, it kind of goes into a little bit of like your book, because I think that that's kind of 
a little bit of the message. I know it's a lot about nature and stuff, but like, how do you fall in love with the, like, I always say for me, if like at the end of the day, if even if nothing amazing happened, but I have peace of mind and everything and everyone around me, I know is safe and nothing bad happens. an amazing day for me. It doesn't need to be filled with any type of surprises or great things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's been going on with Maimuna and Maimuna's musings and anything else that you're doing? The new book got released what, a couple months ago. Yeah, in November. Alhamdulillah. It was released in November. And to be honest with you, I don't think if it were if it weren't for the pandemic and everything that's happened, I don't think I would have released it this year. Um, it just gave me so much time to sit and write and, you know, get it done. Um, so this is book two of Maimuna's Musings. And all of, you know, the books in the series will highlight an attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this one, what did Allah create for me, is highlighting the attribute of al-khaliq the creator. Um, it has a super subtle message behind it because I don't want to be too preachy, you know, with our children because it's not, that's not the story that they want to hear. Um, they don't want to open a book and like learn a, and hear like a death, you know, and they want to just read a story. And so I gave them the story and it's based on a family tradition of ours called Cousins Week that we've tried to do every week where my brother and his wife host all the cousins um, and they go camping and they, you know, go on hikes and they do everything that's in the book. And um, so a lot of these little details in the book actually come from that experience. And I've, I've, you know, talked to my kids and talked to all my nieces and nephews and, you know, what did you guys see and how did, how did that make you feel and whatever. So the goal behind this particular book is to allow kids to not only experience, you know, the creator and his creation through this fun story and it's such an adventure, but to, you know, teach them to appreciate the little things, whether it's, you know, the, the berry bushes or the, the bees or the streams or whatever, and to let them know, or their family members, hmm. and to let them know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything just for them. Like, this tree was created for you, you know, to give you shade. And this um, berry bush was created to, to feed you and to, you know, and it's just, it's such a fun story. I really had fun writing it. And I love the feedback. Alhamdulillah, everybody's just like, oh my God, this is so different than your first. The first one was more like um, a sweet, you know, introductory kind of story to Maimuna and what she's all about and, whatnot the second one is more of a okay now let's have fun yeah and I really liked it because I obviously like I read the book to myself like I think I told you're you you're so cute you're the awesomest <laughs> adult yeah. kid I know <laughs> children's books I don't know if it's something that just takes me back but there's something about them that are very special to me because I, I just remember having that type of connection in the library especially when we used to have you know the scholastic book fairs Yes, that was like my favorite I thing. I know. I know. I was just talking to my niece about it the other day, but um, I was, you know, when I was reading the book and about her brother who was suddenly, you know, just like growing out of like that phase of wanting to do everything with the cousins. Yeah, he's and a teenager. The end, yeah. And then at the end, he, he appreciated it. But it was so heartwarming because at the end she found or she said that what she was most thankful for out of all the things that God created for her was her brother. And that was just so sweet because I have so many siblings, mashallah, like I have seven yeah, siblings, but I'm so close to all of them. And I have so many nieces and nephews. And honestly, like my biggest blessing in life, alhamdulillah, is my family. Yeah. 
So it was a very touching message that for me personally, I just really loved. Yeah. And um, so is this, is this something you guys like a family tradition you guys still do? I mean, probably not the past year. Well, we didn't do it this past year for obvious reasons, but um, we've been doing it, I think for the past three or four years. Um, And that's the thing that my kids look forward to the most Mm -hmm. every year. And my brother, I try to model um, Maymuna's uncle and aunt after my brother and my sister-in-law who are so much fun. And my brother loves to like have fun. He's like, come on kids, let's do this and let's do that. And let's tell stories and let's, and there's a song in the book that is the song that they actually made up. So I put the song in the book and I'm like, I'm taking everything. (laughs) I'm taking all the the adventures you guys have and the stories and the, the songs and everything into consideration. I'm just putting them all in the book. So, um, so it, it's, it's just heartwarming. It's so much fun. It brings back a lot of good memories for the children. And it's something that has been, you know, incredible for them. And they, they've cherished every minute, every minute of it. Alhamdulillah. It's like a little memory for them as well of their own experience. Mm-hmm. They'll see themselves it in it. Yes. How do you, um, how do you decide which attribute you want to highlight in the book for this one? How did you choose this? So I usually ask, um, my audience, I guess on, I'm mainly on Instagram and I ask a lot of people. And then what I do is when sometimes I think of the story first and then whatever kind of coincides with the story, I include it. So with this particular book with book two, I actually had another attribute in mind and I had another story, which I wrote and, um, it kind of, um, I guess included two attributes. So at one point I was like, Hey, I should do the attribute of Al-Khaliq and the other attribute I was going to write about. And then my editor was like, no, 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 just do Al-Khaliq, keep it simple. This is awesome because it's so, you know, um, visionary and I, I see, you know, how it could relate to kids and this and that. And so that's how we stuck with it. But, um, I think I have, so I think of the story that I want to uh, tell these children, and then I think of what attribute really relates to this story. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of in the future, I want to do a story about loss and teach children like how to deal with loss or how to deal with, you know, a sick loved one in their lives or something. So, um, you know, so I have to look up the attributes and really research them to see how I can relate it to the story, inshallah. Mm-hmm. What what best parts about that to speak on? Do you think you'll always tie something personal to you or is it just if it if it pops up that you have some type of personal story to add to it, you would? So, so I guess both of my books are kind of personal. The second one, obviously, you know, be, it takes after a family tradition of ours. The first one comes from it came from all the love I felt for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, and it came from what I told you before is that like finding out that people don't know Allah and people are leaving Islam and leaving other organized religions because they're angry at Allah. And so they really have no idea that he loves them this much and he's not doing bad things to them. And, you know, um, so that came from a personal place where I wanted to be like, no, I need to, I need to take care of this somehow. This isn't right. Um, and so, uh, 
you know, but with other books, like the book about loss, obviously, like I've had a couple of people come to me and say like, hey, can you address that in your books? Um, and, you know, one in particular talked about a miscarriage that she had had that she was, you know, very um, hurt about and very heartbroken still to this day about. And so we think about loss and how it affects adults mainly, but we don't think about children and how it affects them. We rarely do. And they don't have the proper tools to deal with anything like that. And so I, I'm hoping to kind of, you know, get them started on the right path, inshallah, because I know like whenever adults lose something, children are in it too. You know, children have lost that person too, but we, we rarely guess it. So I'm hoping to kind of help out when it comes to that. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that would be really good because that's something that people experience all the time, Constantly. unfortunately. Yeah. Especially and there's year. nothing that I, I'm, I've not seen anything that's like that, especially addressed towards kids, like you said, because I think we talked about this in our previous damaged recording, but um you, you are tailoring obviously your work towards a younger demographic. And so why did you choose to do children's books as opposed to do teenage or adult books? Honestly, because I, because my initial goal was let's get everyone to get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I wanted to address people from an early, you know, point from an early stage in their lives, because to me, you need to kind of, you know, uh, while they're young enough to build that foundation, I wanted to talk to them then. And I wanted to teach them about Allah then when they're young enough to absorb all of it, you know? Um, and so that's where the idea kind of developed. It started with just one book. And then I was like, no, 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 there's so much more to teach them. And so I decided to have the series. Um, and I, when I heard about this, that the, you know, people leaving Islam and whatever, I imagined my children and I imagined my loved one's children. And I was like, no, this is not happening. And I'm going to, I'm going to write my book. Like I'm talking to them. Like I'm, I'm, you know, teaching like all your children are my children and I'm going to teach you this at a, mm-hmm. at a young age, you know? So that's where it came from, but there are some stuff in the future, some plans, inshallah, for future um, books that are not particularly um, geared toward the younger audience. So inshallah. inshallah, that's exciting. But yeah, I think I mean, I'm obviously I'm not a parent. Um, but I could only imagine that it's really hard to have these types of conversations with really young kids, because they're very sophisticated, like talking about religion, and you know, your your beliefs and spirituality to a kid, I think is not easy. So this is like very helpful for people who want to be able to approach it in a very soft manner in a way that they could understand and as well as you know in a in a format that is very digestible for children yeah like yeah alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. It, it is a lot more difficult than you think honestly writing a children's book a lot of people are oh, like, well, I'm i sure. can do that you know people say that about a lot of things and then they try honestly like i thought starting a podcast would be easy and then when i actually went for it it was like so much harder than I thought and I'm like oh what's so hard about like sitting and talking to yourself right no it it is hard it's hard but you do a great job at it inshallah oh thank you so what what is what's going on right now with everything that I've been seeing on social media and because I I think it's important to talk about it and I know you have a live that's coming up um yeah 
I, I don't know when this episode's going to be up, but talking about the idea of plagiarism or people taking your work and, and selling it, how did that happen or how did you find out? So basically I woke up a few days ago to a DM on Instagram saying, Hey, salam alaikum sister from a follower. Um, salam alaikum. I came across this post and it's a sponsored post and I saw your book being um, advertised and it's translated in Urdu and retranslated in English. The same, you know, title, but instead of how much does Allah love me, it's translated to how much Allah loves me. Um, you know, horrible grammatical errors <laughs> in the English translation, but whatever, it was like a, a copy of my book. And she's like, did you give them permission to do this? And I'm like, I absolutely did not give them permission to do this. Who is this? And what are they doing? Was it the same so illustrations I as well? Yes. Oh, the wow. same illustrations, the same everything. And so we found out it was a bookstore in Pakistan and, um, my publisher, you know, was going back and forth with him. And he's like, well, no, I didn't steal it. Well, yes, you did. Did you get permission from the authors? And it was myself and a few others that I know. Yeah. Um, I was livid because I kept thinking back to all the hours and the months and the money that I put into this work and all the hours that I still do put into my work. And this person just sees it and copies it and sells it for his own profit. And that was unacceptable to me. So, but I know there's no copyright laws over there in Pakistan or, you know, and in, in a few other countries, there aren't any. So for me, it's like legally, we can't really do too much about it, um, which was just so, so frustrating. Um, so all I could do about it was you know, raise awareness mm -hmm. and let people know this is not okay. And just because, and he got my pages from a video off of YouTube, but this particular video, I gave them permission to post it and put it up of my book. Mm -hmm. And so some people go as far as um, like, look up books on YouTube, take pictures, take like screenshots of the pages and make them or into their own books. Oh, so they're not like actually taking, like they don't have, like they're not re, they're like taking screenshots of the book. This particular one did. Yeah. Other authors that I know that <clears throat> have had their work stolen, you know, people just buy one book and then they make copies and resell. And they don't have permission to obviously, you know, but this particular person did and he would not take accountability for anything. And so I'm like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise awareness. I'm going to have all my friends. I'm going to blast him on social media. So I, I, you know, had all my friends hit him up on his Facebook page and leave horrible reviews and leave horrible comments. And, you know, how could you steal this work and this and that. And to this day, he will not take accountability. Why? Because he got it off of a YouTube video. And he's even telling us, well, go after this YouTube video. You know, if, if, oh, you guys want, you know, you guys are blackmailing me or you guys are accusing me of this. And it was ridiculous. And, and not once did he apologize or, yeah, take responsibility for anything. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this because it's so rampant in the Muslim community, especially where people constantly hit you up to ask you for free books, um, you know, 
because, you know, do it for the sake of Allah. You shouldn't ask for money. You should just donate it. Um, and it's so wrong. It's so wrong. Like they, they ask you for free things and they ask you or they post your, you know, a reading of your book on YouTube or any video, any recording, and they put it up without your permission. And that's like a huge no-no. If I come to you and I tell you, hey, I want to gift you my book or I want to donate my books and stuff, which I've done, alhamdulillah, unless I come to you and tell you myself, then you shouldn't ask me for a free book unless there's some sort of collaboration between us. You know, people do actually go the extra step of messaging me and asking if they could read my book online, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I allow as long as it's not recorded. Um, People do... Um, just message me. And I I mean, I'm very, very grateful to people who do acknowledge the fact that you have to obtain the author's permission to do certain things, you know? Well, I think you raising awareness about all this stuff is very important because you need to educate people on what's the proper etiquette about approaching a fellow Muslim. You can't use your Muslim card to try to get free content or free material or free products. Um, there has to be kind of a mutual um, benefit because at the end of the day, like it's obviously it's amazing the work that you're doing, but, and I, we did talk about this in the last episode, but we can't have shame, especially as women to talk about how we want to grow our business and make something into something that is beneficial for us as well. Yeah. It's, you'd be surprised at how many people use their Muslim card. Alhamdulillah. I found out though, that this generation, our generation mm-hmm. and the younger generation doesn't do it as much. Yeah, you know, but there are a lot of people who are like, you know, no, well, you know, you're a Muslim and you should do this for Allah's sake only and and for free and whatever. Just just today, I found out like another author of mine was she found out that a recording of her book was being, Mm. you know, put on YouTube and by a masjid. And they're like, well, you should allow it. It's it's for Allah. It's you shouldn't get paid for it. And we shouldn't have to ask for your permission for it. And it was like, what? It's definitely, I think, a, a change in culture within the generations. And I imagine that even this this bookstore in Pakistan, that you know, this guy who owns it, he's just probably feels like plagiarism is such a common thing in some of you know countries outside yeah. of like the U.S. or any type of I think developed country in which there's a lot of li- laws that protect copyright. Um, for them just to say, if something's on the internet, why can't I benefit from it? It's there. Yeah. So I'm going to go to YouTube and see it anyway. All I did yeah. was print it out. I just wonder how how the quality of that would be, considering it's from screenshots. It wasn't great. I saw the video, which he took down. Um, and he, he even was like, listen, I just need a favor from you. I need you <laughs> to... I need you to give me permission to sell the rest of the copies that I made. And we're like, no, no. If you you want, you can purchase. Yeah. And that's what my publisher said. If you wanted the book so badly, we have like bulk deals, you know, like we have discounts on bulk orders and we could have given it to you for Mm. a really reasonable price instead of you going through all this trouble and copying it and like producing illegal material. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, he took down the post, but I'm pretty sure he'll still sell the rest of the copy. You know what's sad is like, that's like the one, that's an instance you know of. How many instances do you not know of, of your, you and people like you who have their work and them and, you know, people reposting it and stuff. And 
for me, being someone who recently within the past year started creating creating content Mm -hmm. and art and putting it out there, I'm still trying to figure out how much I want to limit the use of what I put out because sometimes people ask for prints yeah, and they'll say, Hey, can I, and it's really nice that they're asking. I just assume people would, I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't just do it, but they'd ask like, Hey, can I screenshot this and take a print of it or something? And well, if I want, cause I'm working towards getting prints, um, sold online. And so if I want to do that, then you're just doing it for free and you're just taking advantage of the fact that it's online, but I don't want to always post my content with huge watermark or something so that people can't use it. Cause I think that part of enjoying it and consuming it is to see and like it's full form, but again, there's going to be people, people who are going to take it and create things with it. I've seen people put my images on there, um, using apps to print out, um, like phone cases and stuff like that. And I'm always, oh, that's really cool. But also, yeah, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, I, I want to be more of a strong-willed person because I need to know how to set boundaries when it comes to these types of things. Cause most of the time yeah. I'm just like super grateful that people appreciate and like my art, but yeah, I think like, you should do, you should make a whole post about that. You should be like, Hey guys, thank you so much for blah, blah, blah. But these are the rules. Yeah. You know, I, I posted something a while back, like maybe a few weeks ago. And I, and I had mentioned that if people would be interested, if I made really cute, simple, something that didn't take me a long time, something that was like, um, uh, screensavers, like for your phone. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't going to be anything I obviously put a lot of work into, but it's if I already have or something really simple. And of course, like a lot of people wanted that and they're still messaging me about, it. I haven't, but one of my friends and she's also an artist and she creates a lot of really cool stuff. She was like, why would you do that for free? That's something you need to charge people for. You can have downloadables and all this stuff. And yeah, I get it. But sometimes I just want to give back or have something because people are doing it anyway. So why not create something? I'll put my my handle on it so that it's obviously a way for people to also recognize where it's coming from yeah. and have like free stuff for people. Yeah. Listen, if it's something that is not going to take that much time and effort out of you, I think it's fine to give something for free now and then. Um, And if your intention's in the right place, like your intention is to make people happy and help people and do it for Allah and spread the word and whatever, then I I think you're getting paid tenfold just in another way, you know, and and Allah's like, you have a better status with Allah. So, you know, that feeling of, just the fact that you are making some people happy, that's in and of itself, that's amazing, mashallah. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, you can limit it as you want. It's your business. It's, you know, what you decide goes. So always remember that. Yeah, I think we just need to learn how to be more outspoken about that and comfortable oh, yeah. speaking up against people to say, no, I'm sorry, but I'd rather you not use my work or I'd rather you not screenshot it or print that's it. That's hard. Yeah, It's hard because it's, yeah, it's it's a little bit harsh, but I think it needs to be said. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm slowly transitioning into um, putting my work out there. Alhamdulillah, like I've had some really great opportunities to work with people to create um, some art for some businesses and stuff. So I'm uh, venturing a lot more out, and I have some really Alhamdulillah great ideas. that I think I'm working on. I can't talk about them yet on the podcast, but I'll tell you. You, you can but tell it's me gonna after really... we stop recording. Yes, I. You know what's funny. <laughs> The first time you and I recorded, you told me about your children's book and you were like, yes. I can't talk about it on the podcast. And after we recorded, you're like, I want to write a children's book. And I was so happy for you. And look how subhanAllah, now we're it's here. It's been how many years? Like three? Let's, 
Yeah, it's been 2017. I think we did the first interview, right? Yeah, that was a long time ago. I had just started. That was interesting time. But um, yeah, inshallah, I'll tell you about it. But um, I do find myself the more I am exploring my capabilities and like really being more driven. I find that there's so much more that I want to do outside of Maywana's musings and this specific children's book series. Do you ever think about doing something more either in the same line or outside of it? Yeah, absolutely. I do. I think I, 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 I do want to branch out, mm-hmm. but I always remind myself, like, why are you doing this? Are you doing this to, you know, please more people? Are you doing this for Allah? And what is your goal? What is, you know, the goal needs to be the focus. And I don't want to overwhelm myself at the same time because I have, you know, a lot of other stuff on my plate. I have I'm a wife, I'm a mom to three kids. I'm, you know, I'm a Islamic studies like student. I'm so it's, it's just so many things that I have halakas and this and that. Um, I want to be realistic with my goal and I want to make my goal simple and I want to do, I want to be consistent and I don't want to have too much on my plate to where like, you know, I can have a million ideas, but it's the execution and Mm -hmm you know, will I, I I wanted to start small and I wanted to start with a children's book and alhamdulillah, it's grown to a series. And now, you know, I've made a name for myself and I have, you know, so for me, it's like, what is my next goal? What, how do I branch out a little bit, not too much, just a little bit so that I'm not overwhelmed. And so that's when my next project inshallah is coming in and hopefully you'll find out soon what it is. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I feel when you initially start something, you spend so much time on the like the educational portion where you're yeah. learning, you know, what you need to do and how to do it. I know producing every book is going to be it's going to take a lot of time out of you, but I'm sure that there's a learning curve and where you kind of everything becomes easier to understand because you know the steps. You know when things need to be done and then how it goes through being uh produced and all that stuff. So you you have that in line so I feel you can almost at some point, let the system uh, or the process take its place. And then you can almost like focus on something else. Whereas maybe in the beginning, you had to keep your focus on the entire process the whole time, just in case something went wrong. And I've experienced that. So now that I'm getting more comfortable with how I started my small business, it's now I have more time because I can, it can continue to live without as much energy as I used to put into it before. So where can I redirect that? And for me, I'm like kind of the opposite of you where I, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Alhamdulillah, I have a career. But outside of that, I don't want to just let this time that I have go to waste. I want to try to invest my time in a way that benefits me on multiple ways. And I, and I really do love journaling, which I think is a really good thing people should do. But I try to think of all the things I want to do, but like, how does it benefit me on the many levels, you know, spiritually, um, financially, um, for my future, even thinking about, you know, what it's going to how it's going to impact me positively or negatively in like the next 10 years. Um, So yeah, but I just I think it's amazing, because more women are becoming more kind of business savvy and entrepreneurial where they're thinking about other th- doing other things yeah life other have than- you noticed that nude um especially in our community it's i mean the women are awesome they are super creatures mashallah mm-hmm. um and and not just 
you know, it's it's always like the moms who find things that are kind of missing in the community. What do I want? And and so we've learned how to do it ourselves and not wait for anybody to, you know, do it for us. And not just the moms, career career minded and just just amazing women like you too is. I just, I find that so awesome now. Yeah, we build one another up, mashallah. There is, there's healthy competition, but it's not, it's not like fierce, um, malicious competition. Like yeah. I saw a lot with our older generation, like the aunties are, are just merciless. I know. <laughs> like, no, don't go to her. My stuff is better and whatever. Yeah. I am happy to direct you to other authors. The you sisterhood know. is amazing through social yes, media. Yes, alhamdulillah. And I see that you have so many, you have so many women that I see you're constantly supporting who are also authors. And so you guys are in the same space, but it doesn't, the thing is just because someone goes to one of your author friends, doesn't mean that they're also going to look for your, uh, you know, product as well. And I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's very beautiful to see women supporting each other in the, whether it's in, within the same industry or not. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And honestly, there's a lot of women kicking butt. So there are. There are. We run the world, girl. Yeah, I know. We run it. <laughs> I don't know what year that came out from Beyonce, but yeah. I don't know. No, honestly, it's amazing. And I think social media, as, as much as it has its downfall, sometimes it's really created a space for a lot of women to continue doing what they're meant to be doing as moms yeah. or as whatever it is. And, and build this. And like you said, even though your book is re- already created, I see you, mashallah, constantly doing book readings. And like, all, I mean, now you have to do everything virtually because you couldn't do it in person, but you were doing a lot of book events where you were having to travel to different areas and like yeah, do these book readings and meet your little friends who are reading these books. They are the best friends. thing about this, honestly. They're, when so their cute. eyes like light up and you know, they tell you what their favorite part about the book is, or, oh my God, my Muna looks like me. And that just makes my day. And honestly, they ever forget surprised when they realized you're the one who wrote it. Cause I tell my nieces, my younger, uh-huh. one, my sister Yasmin's daughters. And I'm always like, you know, my friend wrote this. They're so friend. cute. And they're just like, it's so cool because, you know, I grew up reading books, but I never knew who the author was and never got to meet the author. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, I was at a convention last year or in 2019. Um, and the girls that would pass by my, my book, um, stand, they would just look at my poster that I have up and then look at me and then look back at the poster <laughs> and her. then they would run away and giggle. And then they would come back and be like, are you the author? And I'm like, yes. That's so cute. Like, oh my God. <laughs> That's so, so cute. cute. So, so cute. And that must that be such a rewarding of- feeling. It is, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And, and when, mostly when I get like parents messaging me and saying, oh my God, my, my kids are asking me all these questions about Allah, you know, right after we read your book and they, they are in awe of the fact that Allah loves them so much or, you know, or my kid had so much fun reading your, your second book and everything. And um, he was asking about, this you know the turkey vulture that was in it and he was asking about this and that and blah 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 so it's just it's so rewarding alhamdulillah and I really really hope it's you know it it just affects kids in the right way in the way that I set out to you know how I set out to affect them so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That's amazing. I never asked you this, but what do your daughters think of this and the book and you writing and so they think it's really cool. My two older ones are, you know, they don't show too much emotion, but they're <laughs> like, one time I asked them also, what do you guys think of what I'm doing? They're like, it's pretty cool. So I have the, the cool kids, the teenagers approval. approval. Um, and my, my youngest, she's 10 now. She loves it. And she loves reading the books and she loves to help me out. You know, like whenever I went on book events, I would take her to most of them and she would just help out as much as she could and she would you know hand me the books to sign and just sit there for the the book reading and be super excited about it so alhamdulillah she they love it an amazing experience to have with your daughters throughout this thing to have them with you and the little one who I think is is she kind of like your target audience 10 like five and up essentially yeah like three to nine and you know but I've had 10 12 30 even almost I know 30 (laughs) year olds enjoy it so I'm yeah she's as long as I have her approval I like watch her closely when I first come out with the book and I have her read it and I watch her closely and look at her expressions and like is she smiling is she like in what is she doing is she looking surprised that you know so you want this book is for children. And so you want children to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You read it yourself and you're like, oh my God, that's a really cool story. But the real test comes when, you know, the children test it out. And so, alhamdulillah, so far, so good. Yeah. They're the ones who are going to give you the real reviews. Yes. Not the adults. Um, my, my last question, because I was thinking about this before we got on, is through this journey that you've had in, in putting out this book series, what have you learned or what would you say is something that if someone wanted to do something similar, you would give them advice, maybe some of the mistakes that you made along the way or anything that stands out to you in terms of, of you could have done better or that you learned after the fact? Yeah, definitely. I had actually several people um, message me asking me for advice and stuff. And um, first of all, you need to, as long as you believe in your story, you have to have a goal in why you're writing your story. You have to have the right intention. And I emphasize this time and time and time again, because that really, really matters. Your intention kind of directs you, you know, which way to go. And as long as you have that, you need to not give up. But you have to also be realistic. We're not in it for the money. Being an author doesn't make much money. And so um, you have to be realistic about that. You have to be a good writer um, and a good storyteller, if any, especially in the children's book industry, you have to know how to tell a story. And after your story, uh, please edit it. Get an editor. Hire an editor. Do not edit it yourself. You can edit it for grammatical errors or whatnot, but get someone who has an eye for um, you know, children's books and who has experience in editing children's books. Um, are they looking more for like how the flow of the the story is going? Okay. Everything. It is absolutely crucial. Like they not only look for grammatical errors, they look for, you know, things like word count and things like, you know, like you said, the flow of the story and, you know, what can be taken out and what can, and I mean, they've had lots of experience reading tons and tons and tons of children's books and they know what they're talking about. Pay them for their time don't, don't be cheap. 
don't be cheap when, when, you know, you write your book, you need to pay the right professionals, get a good illustrator because a children's book is so hard to write because you are limited. You're extremely limited in the amount of words that you can put out there because most of the message is basically, and most of the story is shown through the illustrations because that's what grabs the kid's attention. And so, um, hire professionals to do the work for you unless you're a professional illustrator yourself and you know just um work hard and especially marketing marketing is going to take the bulk of your time but you know don't give up and set a time be good at time management you have to have good time management skills or you're going to be working like because it's something you do like daily right yeah, Every this day is you're basically having something to... you do daily. I try my best not to do it on the weekends, but if there are stories that I need to share on Instagram, I do that. The bulk of my marketing is done through Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, during the week, I just plan your time and, you know, uh, set aside a certain amount of hours that you need to be on social media so that you're not completely immersed in it at the same time. You want to work effectively and efficiently not not work a lot you know right. which I'm sure yeah. is really hard especially when you start but you yes. learn yes yes you absolutely learn that's what I've learned I've um I you know if you want to collaborate with people you need to collaborate with the right type of people they have to be in your um you know target market or or have followers who are in your target market and don't honestly don't spend too much time doing something and because some people spend countless hours working hard and not being productive at the same time you know so be smart about what you're doing um, but my biggest advice is renew your intention over and over again and hire professionals to do the work for you. And I'm talking about editors mainly. Please do that because we want to give our children quality work. We don't want to just write a story and be like, oh, well, you know, they'll, they'll get it. They'll get the message. Oh, well, if it, you know, let's aim for excellence. Yeah. You have to invest into the the quality of the content in order for it, I think, to do well. Yeah. Because if you try to either do it yourself and you're not good at it, or if you try to be really cheap about it, then you're not going to have the best. It's going to show. It's yeah. going to show. Yeah. Well, that's amazing advice. Um, I mean, mashallah, your books are beautiful. No one can see Thank me, you. but I'm holding it. <laughs> um, anything else you'd like to close off? Anything future-wise we can look forward to? If there's anything you can share, obviously um, unless you want to wait on sharing. I mean, I know you and I have some things we'll share off camera, but <laughs> I know all these secrets next interview, inshallah, I'll find out. But, um, no, honestly, it's an honor and a pleasure as always talking to you. And I never feel like I'm being interviewed. I always feel like we're just chatting and catching up oh, I love and, that. um, alhamdulillah. So if anybody's interested in getting my books, you know, just go to, maymunasmusings.com um, follow me at maymunasmusings on Instagram and Facebook and um, you know lots of cool projects in the future inshallah that I am super excited to share with you all and yeah that's it it's exciting okay awesome it was a pleasure to have you again you too happy to 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of This Muslim Girl podcast. As always, you can find all things related to This Muslim Girl on Instagram and Twitter at This Muslim Girl podcast. Uh, feel free to also check out um, my second project, Nur's Nook, which is my um, page where I have a lot of creativity um, or express my creativity. And I have some really cool projects that I'm working on that's going to come, you know, in this year, inshallah. Feel free to check that out as well. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.